You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Perspectives in Palliative Medicine, produced in cooperation with AAHPM, the American Academy of Hospice and Palliative Medicine. Your host is Dr. Porter Story, Executive Vice President of the American Academy of Hospice and Palliative Medicine, and sponsored by King Pharmaceuticals Incorporated, a leader in pain management. Regardless of our personal religious beliefs, we have to be ready to treat every patient at the end of life based on their own beliefs. How does religion impact the care that our patients seek and their acceptance of death, particularly in hospice and palliative care settings? Joining me to discuss this interesting topic is Dr. Richard Payne, Professor of Medicine and Divinity at Duke Divinity School and Director of the Duke Institute for Care at the End of Life. Dr. Payne, welcome to the program. Thank you, Dr. Story. Well, after years of research and teaching and patient care in pain and palliative medicine at the nation's largest cancer centers, what areas of moral and theological dimensions of pain are most interesting to you now? That's an excellent question. Pain is truly a biopsychosocial phenomenon. It is not just a matter of tissue being injured and how the body responds to that tissue injury. The context and the meaning that the person with illness imparts on that source of tissue injury, on the disease that's causing the disorder in the body, makes all the difference in the world as to how pain is perceived, how it can be relieved, etc. So as I've matured as a clinician, I have become much more respectful of the fact that in order to be most effective in assessing and managing pain, that I must understand my patient's sense of What does this all mean? What is this disease? How is this disease impacting my life? Am I going to survive this? And am I not going to survive this? And what level of distress am I in? How much at peace am I with my current state or what I think is coming? And I think all of those things are as important to understand about your patient as it is to understand what dose of an analgesic they may need. Because, in fact, that will influence the dose of analgesic. That's certainly my observation. How do you see spirituality and religion coming into this equation? I see, and our center's approach to this is that every human being is inherently spiritual. If one defines spirituality as a sense of trying to come to terms with what does my life mean in relation to others, What does my life mean in relationship to my creator if I uh, have that sort of belief? And how do I come to terms with my mortality in terms of what my life has meant? So that those are fundamentally, in my view, spiritual questions. Now, people of faith who have religious beliefs and who express their spiritual sense of themselves through their religious rituals and their fellowship and community have then a you know a source of moral guidance and a source of community support as they grapple with these questions but that's what i see as the fundamental difference that everyone is inherently spiritual 
And as you know, as many as 70% or more of Americans actually say that they express their spiritual beliefs fundamentally through religious context. I'm sure you've seen people's religion and spirituality impact the kind of care they seek and accept at the end of life. How is the best way to be helpful in those contexts? Yes, I think that's a great question that I have certainly witnessed instances where I thought my patients and the families' understanding of what their religious faith instructed them to do and behave in a particular context of illness was, in fact, from my perspective, not correct and uh, was, in a sense, a barrier to our attempts to impact their suffering. The religion that I am most familiar with, because it's my religion, is Christianity. And uh, within a Christian context, the religion and the scriptures and the theology, there's a lot of theology around what it means to suffer, what Christ's suffering meant for believers. And there are many, many theological interpretations of that in which, for example, The fact that Christ suffered on the cross means that we don't have to endure as much suffering. Although I have seen patients and families interpret that in just the reverse, that because Christ suffered, that means we must suffer to be with Christ. Uh And I think that the issue is then understanding if that's how the patient and family is viewing the world, and then actually working with them through, I think, much more intimate discussions and conversations, particularly with someone of their own faith belief, to really see how that makes sense in the context of the current situation. So what I'm saying is that people have all sorts of notions about what their religion says for them to do in a particular Uh context of illness, which may or may not actually be supported by thoughtful believers in their own tradition. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Perspectives in Palliative Medicine on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Porter Story, and joining me to discuss religious issues affecting hospice and palliative care is Dr. Richard Payne. Are there also cultural issues that play a role in end-of-life care as well? Sure. You know, I think uh, if you define culture as, or people who share a common culture as uh, one in which they share a common kind of belief system, worldview, you know, a common language, etc., then religious beliefs can certainly be a part of what maintains and sustains a culture. And it can be actually important and not always easy to tease those things apart. Specifically, for example, in the African-American tradition, there are many African-Americans, particularly from traditional evangelical Protestant belief settings, who actually have incorporated precepts about Christian beliefs into an understanding of how they should respond in a world in which they have experienced injustice, racism, and you know institutional wrongdoings. The patients, in fact, and families who come from that sort of perspective may, in fact, express 
their preferences. It may express their uh, understanding of what guides them with respect to secular and medical issues in very overtly religious beliefs. So for African Americans, for example, in that particular tradition, it's not uncommon for people to say, and this is directly relevant to palliative medicine and hospice cares, you know, I can't make decisions about uh, advanced care planning because it's not up to me, it's up to God. And furthermore, and here's where the secular and political and religious gets intertwined. Furthermore, God wouldn't want me to do this because I know that I can't trust the institutions and systems to necessarily act in my best interest. Mm. And so it then becomes a matter of acknowledging that person's experience and working through with them in terms of what might be best to do for them in that particular clinical circumstances one finds themselves in. But I think that acknowledging these attitudes and beliefs and worldviews is an essential part of bonding with the patient to help adopt and to help create a collaborative relationship. Boy, that's so important and so difficult to do sometimes. I mean, In palliative care settings, we often run into situations where we don't see any benefit in more aggressive interventions, and yet we're having patient or their family say, you know, everything needs to be done for religious reasons. But of course, then, there are very thoughtful and wise, for example, Christian theologians who would say, well, doesn't the example of Christ indicate that? There are things that are, in fact, more important than simple prolongation of biological life. And therefore, you need to think about how you say good night rather than goodbye to those whom you love and who have similar beliefs as you are uh, entering the end of your life. And, I, you know, I mean, it's very easy to say these things when you're in the midst of the kind of clinical struggles, it is, you know, I acknowledge it's very, very difficult. But I think there are ways in which thoughtful and sincere clinicians can help patients work through this, even across religious traditions. How's the best way to help patients who have that sort of deep anguish or hopelessness in their final days? The truth is, that story that some people, you know, never really resolve this, and it becomes a source of really suffering uh, until the day they die. But I think the best way is to take a approach and a strategy where you are trying to help the person make sense and find meaning in what is happening to them now. You know, understanding what their sense of legacy might mean, understanding if they're unresolved conflicts with family members and loved ones that need to be reconciled. These sorts of things are often sources of psychological and spiritual distress, which, if one can make a dent in, can help patients and families. And I think that there are approaches, and I would even dare say interventions, that help patients look at ways to find meaning and purpose, even in the face of a hopeless terminal illness. Oh, gosh. Well, do you have an example in mind? Well, I think this issue of doing a life review Mm. and uh, understanding and actually intentionally working through 
with a patient and their family as to, you know, how could they make sense of what their life has meant and what is being left behind and how is that of value? I think often when one does that, and, and, you know, and that could be from simple as, you know, creating an audio or videotape of the patient recalling events in their lives or more systematically uh, reviewing relationships with family members. That's one example. Again, you know, there are chaplains, there are psychologists, there are psychiatrists who actually are experts in these sorts of things. And one needs to try to access that kind Mm. of expertise within your team. Great advice. I want to thank our guest, Dr. Richard Payne, for helping us better understand the role of religion and spirituality in the treatment of seriously ill patients. Rich, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, Dr. Story. You've been listening to Perspectives in Palliative Medicine on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals, with your host, Dr. Porter Story. To download this program, please visit www.reachmd.com or on ReachMD's free ReachMD Medical Radio iPhone app. Perspectives in Palliative Medicine is produced in cooperation with AAHPM, the American Academy of Hospice and Palliative Medicine, and sponsored by King Pharmaceuticals, leaders in the field of pain management and developers of a new educational initiative to improve the diagnosis and treatment of pain, pain balance. The King Pain Balance Educational Initiative includes a unique comprehensive website, www.painbalance.org, that offers a broad range of information and tools to help healthcare professionals and others better understand all aspects of pain, which by its very nature is difficult to assess, treat, and manage. Pain Balance offers the first convenient centralized online location for the resources and clinical tools healthcare professionals need to make informed decisions and provide the best possible care for their patients with chronic pain. The website, www.painbalance.org, also includes a narrative scenarios feature, which provides a case-based walk-through navigation tool to highlight the full scope of the website's resources, including pain categories and guidelines, treatment options, and risk management tips, and clinician tools and resources. Also, an online newsletter will help keep healthcare professionals at the front of the latest research, advances in treatment, issues on the policy and reimbursement fronts, and other important news in the field of pain management. To learn more about the King Pharmaceuticals Pain Balance Educational Initiative, the high burden of undertreated chronic pain, and to preview the tools and resources available to healthcare professionals and others, visit www.painbalance.org.